Another day, another opportunity to be out of BYU football practice. What do we take away from the latest at BYU training camp? We'll get to that. We'll also let you hear some of the comments from both Ed Lamb as well as Gennaro Guilford with regards to their defensive secondary position groups, both the safeties and the cornerbacks. And, of course, we'll get you ready for the weekend ahead. That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. Our title sponsor today is our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net has got you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Once again, thank you for joining us on today's show. Our goal here with Locked On Cougars is to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room. We're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and the motto around these parts is your team every day and as such we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars getting you up to speed on everything with regards to BYU on a daily basis by way of introduction for some of you who may be checking us out for the very first time my name is Jake I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City Utah as the executive producer of DJ and PK but in my off time I do this podcast and absolutely love doing it I've been covering BYU on a professional basis for over a decade at this point in my career so it's just a ton of fun to sit down and do this on a daily basis. All right, yesterday, out of BYU football training camp once again, and you can tell this squad is starting to really get antsy to begin game preparation mode. And I think the biggest thing is, I think at this point next week, they will have already transitioned to uh, what week one mode, uh, game week preparation. They should be preparing for USF at this point next week. But the, the other thing is, I could see them shifting over to that potentially as soon as Monday after the upcoming scrimmage tomorrow for BYU. I, it wouldn't surprise me and let me be very clear about this. Some of you probably will be at the scrimmage. And I'm just going to say the same thing out I said out last Friday. If you're at the scrimmage, you want to fill me in with some of the details of what you observe, etc. I know a number of you in the Cougar Club are invited to go to that. I'd love nothing more than to hear your guys' insights and help me kind of get up to speed on everything going on in that scrimmage. So if you're out there, hit us up. Uh, Locked on Cougars, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My DMs are open on Twitter. You can find me, Jacob C. Hatch, or you can email the show. Locked on BYU at gmail.com and let us know what you take away from the scrimmage. But I think after tomorrow's uh, scrimmage, depending on how it goes, I could very easily see Kalani Sitake coming out. He's going to do a Zoom conference, a press conference with the media, and him say, you know what? We're closing up a fall camp, uh, the training camp portion of the uh, of this season and we're shifting into game week mode beginning on Monday. USF has already said that they are shifting to game week mode on Monday themselves. They're giving themselves essentially two full weeks to prepare to take on BYU in that season opener and I'm looking forward to it. So we'll see what happens with tomorrow but I want to share some of the notes I took away uh, from uh, today's show. I've got my phone here where I wrote my notes down. Uh, First thing and we're going to hear more about this in a minute. Maury Bamba, the junior college transfer from Tyler Junior College down there in Texas is officially enrolled and on the roster for BYU. He 
He is wearing the number 19 for the BYU football program. And I'll tell you one thing about him. He very much looks the part. They listen at six foot three, 190 pounds, reportedly could run in the four threes uh, based on the reports out of Texas. He looks the part. I'll, I'll be very frank. He just he looks like a guy. Okay, I get why BYU recruited him and is, is going to see what they can do with a young man of his caliber. Uh, at the ones at cornerback today, we saw a nice little rotation. I think uh, a lot of these position groups, and we can talk about this for a minute, is I think I'm starting to really see the uh, depth chart playing out, even in the limited observation windows we have as a media core. I I, I think of the cornerback position, D'Angelo Mandel, Caleb Hayes, Gabe Judy Lally. Those are kind of your main three rotators. And I think the hope is that at some point this season that Maury Bamba could hopefully join that group, maybe become that fourth cornerback. As, as it stands right now, I think a guy like Jacob Robinson is probably your fourth cornerback. He plays a lot of that nickel role. He talked to the media yesterday about that, saying that he really likes playing nickel because it kind of is a hybrid of safety where he spent most of the season last year while at the same time playing a cornerback role, which is what he was raised playing at Orem High School, etc. So, I think some good things happening there. Along the offensive line, we saw Connor Pay back with the first string offensive line during the media portion of practice. Uh, Joe Tukuafu had taken those snaps on Tuesday when we were out there, and I think that's really the only position along the offensive line that's got any question about it is that center position. I, if it's Joe Tukuafu or Connor Pay, I've got confidence that BYU will be just fine. The other four guys on that first string offensive line, the starters, if you want to uh, call them that, I think they're pretty much set. Blake Freeland at left tackle, Clark Barrington at left guard. Uh, right guard is sure looks Looks like Harris LeChance has entrenched himself there. And then at right tackle, Kingsley Suamataia. It just those are the guys that we've consistently, like I said, we haven't been out of every practice. They keep saying that they're rotating guys. Well, when you've been out to I think we're I think we're six or seven practices deep in the media. And essentially, every time I've been out there, it's been that same group, the same core four guys there at the guard and tackle spots with a little bit of a rotation at center. I think you can kind of read into it. Hey. This is the starting unit. Like, and we'll talk more about this. Maybe on Monday, maybe over the weekend, I'll try and drop what I would consider to be BYU's depth chart and see if I can share it with you guys. Uh, we'll get that for you. But other things I took away from yesterday, uh, Caleb Hayes had a pick six on Kit, uh, uh, Cade Fennigan. Uh, and by the way, it was just not a good decision by Fennigan. It was an out route. He was throwing from at least the middle of the field. It might have been the far hash. He was trying to make a, just a, a, a throw that is very, very hard to make. Caleb Hayes broke on it, got the ball, and if it was a live drill situation, it's a pick six. They whistled it dead, but he kept trucking all the way to the end zone. His teammates were chasing him, hooping and hollering, and just having a good time and that's a good thing that you want to see from a guy like Caleb Hayes he is a guy who had a lot of pass breakups last year but he's talked about the fact that he wants to be better in terms of causing turnovers getting those interceptions getting the ball back for BYU's offense that and what we're you're going to hear more about that from Gennaro Guilford here in a moment because I I actually asked him that question and he, he explains why he's looking for more actual turnovers from his group versus Past breakups, which aren't a bad thing in many ways. Um, other things we, we saw at practice. Braden Cosper's a guy to keep pay attention to, folks. If he is healthy, and that's a big if during his BYU career, because trust me, he has dealt with, I think, three season-ending injuries. He's like the wide receiver version of Taysom Hill. If he is fully healthy, BYU's got, I think, a legit four deep at wide receiver. You got Puka, Nakua, and Gunnar Romney as your one-two tandem, who are your lead guys. I think you got Keanu Hill, number three there. And then I think Braden Cosper right now is running number four 
four for BYU, and he's making highlight reel after highlight reel catch uh, when we're out there with the media core. That's the fun part is that you get to see a guy like that. He's battled through numerous injuries. He deserves to have a healthy uh, season. And the funny thing about this, I don't know how many people remember this. Coming out of high school, he was the highly more highly rated wide receiver prospect than Dax Milne, who is currently in the NFL. Dax obviously took advantage of his opportunity at BYU and has been good on his bet on himself. But a guy like Braden Cosper, very highly thought of coming out of high school and hope is that he can have a healthy season upcoming. Uh, other things we uh, saw out there, I guess we did not see. No Puka Nakua, no Gunnar Romney, both of them in jerseys but not participating in drills. The good news is in terms of guys who are coming back, uh, Dallin Holker was out there. He was suited up. We did see him take part in some of the drills for BYU in their team portion at the tail end of practice. He does have a wrap on his knee, but he would seem to be moving just fine. Him and Isaac Rex, they're both dealing, uh, based on what I understand, with some physical stuff. Obviously, you got a guy like Isaac Rex. He's coming back off that horrific ankle injury. You can tell he's not 100%, but he's grinding through it. He absolutely loves playing this game, and he feels like he's ready to go. He's going to get out there and play, and that's what he told the media earlier this week, and I continue to see him make a good plays. The biggest thing, I think, for him is just regaining the confidence in that ankle, and that's going to take some time. It may take a full year before he truly believes that his ankle is not going to give way like it did at USC. That That's a very, very tough thing as an athlete. Well, not even an athlete. Anybody who has suffered an injury like that, you know how long it takes for you to regain trust in whatever a joint, limb, whatever it might be. You, you, there's that kind of that thought in the back of your mind like, this going to give out on me on this. So it's one of those crazy things that you deal with. On the defensive side of the football, Blake Mangelson had a nice pass breakup on Cade Fennigan. I've got to say Cade Fennigan's performance, at least in the 20 minutes the media was out there, was less than stellar. Jacob Conover and Fennigan were the only two quarterbacks we saw as a media core actually taking a snap. So that's the one thing. We didn't see Jaron Hall uh, taking snaps in practice. So that's one thing to note there. But I thought Jacob Conover really asserted himself. I think it's a clear pecking order of Jaron Hall 1, Jacob Conover 2, and then probably Cade Fennigan 3. Third, but you have guys like Nick Billups and Soljay Mayava Peters who got to be thinking, I can come out on the outside and take that job away. Soljay was not suited up yesterday. I don't know what to make of that, but uh, Cade Fennigan did not have his best day, at least in the media portion of practice, and that was kind of an interesting thing there. Um, one other thing is two uh, sacks that we saw as a media core. Josh Larson had a whistle sack, uh, really has become a force on the interior of BYU's defensive line, a guy who has absolutely transformed himself. A 260-pound uh, defensive end type last year is now a 300-plus pound behemoth in the interior of BYU's defensive line. Absolutely strong as an ox. He's kind of one of those guys, if he gets to just hands on you as a as a defensive player as an offensive lineman he's going to manhandle you he is just just he's a bull in a china shop and he had a nice whistle sack there also Pepe Tonavasa had what I appeared to be a whistle sack they didn't actually blow the play dead they kind of let it play out it ended up I think being a, an incomplete pass but Pepe under how I understand what they're supposed to call it was a it was a sack and it was on Cade Fennigan once again so like I said I don't mean to bag on Cade Fennigan but seemingly every good play for the defense came when Cade Fennigan was a quarterback for BYU. So those are my takeaways uh, from the day. Like I said, I'm going to, over the weekend, I'm going to sit down and try and uh, jot down what I would consider to be BYU starting lineup, maybe the two deep, and we'll share that with you on Monday and try to see how close we can get because BYU probably won't reveal their first depth chart probably until a week from this coming Monday when the official game week uh, portion ahead of the USF game comes out. But I do wonder if I can kind of uh, whittle this out and just make sure I, I, I well, I, I think I could 
probably go 90% at minimum in terms of kind of nailing down who the two deep is at each position. But hey, we'll have some fun with that. So we'll do that on Monday's edition of the podcast, kind of a little tease ahead to next week. Also got some great interviews in the queue. Uh, I've, I've promised Malik Moore and Caleb Hayes. I had a fantastic conversation with them. We got to get that podcast out at some point. Also had a chance to speak up, catch up with Josh Larson. So we've got some stuff in the queue and we'll get to those early next week. So it's another thing to pay attention to as we move forward here. Coming up here in just a minute, some things, some of the comments from coaches at BYU uh, yesterday. Guys like Ed Lamb, who coaches at the safety position for BYU, as well as Gennaro Guilford, who coaches the cornerbacks. want to let you guys hear some of their comments about their position groups. We'll get to that here momentarily. First, though, a word on our friends over at Bet Online. It is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. That's our good friends over at BetOnline.net. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, college basketball, college football, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf, my friends. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have got you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today on their site. It's all courtesy of your friends over at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Reminder that the Ultimate College Football Preview is here. It's a seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and the Odyssey College Football Insiders. It is everything you need to be ready for the upcoming college football season in one spot. Just search for the Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, time to let you guys hear from some of BYU's coaches who spoke to the media yesterday. Uh, we'll start off with Ed Lamb. And Coach Lamb, obviously, is a special teams coordinator, uh, is an assistant head coach, very much a guy who is uh, kind of meticulous with the details of in-game strategy and that type of stuff. But I wanted to ask him in particular, and you'll help me hear me go back and forth with him here, on BYU safety group. Malik Moore is a one guy. He's kind of a stalwart back there. But who else is in that group? We addressed that, and we also talked a little bit more about what he wants to see from his overall uh, position, the, the safeties themselves, Malik, etc., as they continue on and wrap up training camp here. So here you go, Coach Lamb. On your safety front, it seems like Malik's kind of locked in a one spot. Who are the other guys opposite him right now? Um, Ammon Hanneman has done a really nice job. He played a lot last year, but he it was he was like a first year player. He had he had big ups and big downs, and his consistency is is much better right now. Feel very good about where he's at. We moved Micah Harper from corner. Um, he's been you know kind of he's been available the whole camp, but not full speed, and he'll, he'll be fine for the game. and And he's getting back to full speed right now. So really anxious to see what he brings coming from a different position. Uh, he's working with us quite a bit. We uh, also, Ethan Slade has had a really nice camp. I, I would say he's been the surprise of camp. And then we, after that, we've got some young, strong safeties, Talon Alfrey and Carter Krupp, who I think have a lot of potential, but they're still uh, in a learning mode as far as the system goes. How much more can the league really improve in your mind? Well, I think he can improve a, a, a lot. He's, um, you know, if you asked him the question, I'm sure he would bring it up. But uh, he felt like there were some reps last year where he needed to be a better, a more sound tackler, more consistent tackler. I think he plays the ball as well as anybody that I've worked with when, when the ball's in the air. I mean, he patrols the back end, and that's the number one criteria for a middle post safety and he does a really good job at that but there are there are nuances and details of the game that he can get much better at you, you mentioned Michael 
proper moving from corner to safety. You did the same thing with Jacob Robinson last year. Yes. Do you feel like it's been a similar process for him to take the position like Jacob did, or it's been different? Um, yeah, I, I think it's very similar. They, they bring us a, a set of skills. It's also it, it fits into our philosophy. You know, we've we've been in a position where we've had to really em emphasize a developmental defensive back group. We usually, you know, just it, painting with a broad brush here. We want to bring in corners and then and then move some of those corners to safety and, and see how they develop, how they physically develop, how they mentally develop. And so Malik Moore, for that matter, he was a corner when we recruited him. He was a corner when he got here, fever in high school. So he's made a lot of transitions, still learning the game. Mike is the same. He's got to learn the safety position, but he brings a lot of skills from that corner spot. There you go, Ed Lamb, BYU assistant head coach, special teams coordinator, and in that portion, as you heard, the safeties coach. And interesting to hear him talk about this, and it's a philosophy that BYU truly has bought into. They recruit corners. They bring in guys, tall, fast, rangy athletes. Some of them stay at corner. Guys like D'Angelo Mandel, who are probably going to have an opportunity to play in the NFL at that cornerback group. But at the same time, a guy like uh, Jacob Robinson last year was moved over to safety for a short time. Micah Harper is now at that safety position. Uh, here's the thing, though. He's talking about the fact that Michael Harper's been available the entirety of training camp. Well, if he's been available the entirety of training camp, why have I seen him essentially sit on the sidelines the entire time I've been out there? I just got that question in my mind. Uh, he mentioned Ethan Slade. Ethan Slade is walk-on from the B, uh, from the Orem High School, just up the road at, from the Orem High School. That sounds bad, but uh, as a Mountain View grad, I should be, but regardless, he walked on from Orem. It was a guy who was working out at corner a year ago. I heard that he had shown well for BYU, but he's now playing at safety, and that's the guy funny enough that I've heard a lot about these just making play after play in training camp. Guys like Ammon Hanneman and Micah Harper, if they've been uh, held up due to some health concerns in training camp, it's opened the door for a guy like Ethan Slade. Will he end up being this year's version of Jacob Boren? You guys remember Jacob Boren, the uh, the emergence of him during that Washington State game in particular a year ago, playing that nickelback position was just an absolute sensation. Well, could Ethan Slade be that this year's version of uh, that? Maybe so, and we'll see what happens. But my money, if I've if game one, I'm thinking it's maybe Malik Moore, as he said, kind of center post safety. And I would assume that Michael Harper, if he is good to go, he'll be out there as the safety just opposite Malik Moore. Michael Harper's got an incredible, incredible ability to play and run support while at the same time understanding coverage schemes as from his time as a cornerback for the BYU football program. I think Michael Harper could be the next standout safety for BYU if he lives up to his reputation. But he also heard Coach talk about the fact that Ammon Hanneman came on very strong last year as kind of a first-year guy, and he started to really kind of understand the nuances of the position position that is a guy to keep an eye on as well so there's a nice part there's a nice rotation that appears at safety and um, we'll see where it all ultimately uh, plays out but at least they're getting a lot of guys a lot of looks in training camp that's the positive now uh, their backfield running mates in the defensive backfield of the cornerback positions and of course Gennaro Guilford uh, coaches that group does a great job by the way and coach G uh, if you have not seen the social media posts with Preston Hadley uh, Gennaro Guilford and then DJ Williams who is the uh, defensive analyst working with BYU's uh, cornerbacks. It's worth it every single day. They ride their bikes into work every single day, and they're having good conversations while riding. So I'd encourage you guys to check that out. But we had a great chance uh, to catch up with Coach G to talk about his cornerback position, and we started off with Maury Bamba. We saw Maury Bamba was added to the roster. I guess give us a background on how you discovered him, et cetera. Yeah, um, Coach Tuiaki um, discovered him. Um, and you know, we love the tall guys that can that can run here. Um, so 
he was he was in Texas. Uh, Coach Tuyaki went to check him out. Um, said he liked like what he seen. Said he was a great great person. Loved his background, his story, and everything like that. Um, he was he was a fit here. Um, as far as off the field, which is uh, the most the most important for us. Um, so. Um, from that point on, um, checked his film out, um, checked his grades out. Um, it was a perfect fit, so so we took him. What do you see in his skill set that just stood out to you? Um, again, a long a long range of guys who can um, who can uh, close those windows a little bit. You know, um, a guy a guy who's six one six two with, with with long arms who can run um, makes it hard to to complete certain passes. Um, so. He's a guy who has, I want to say, three years left. So that's going to be a bonus um, if he can if he can fill in and um, give us give us some reps. That'll be great. You have Mandel and Caleb who are back from last year. Where have they improved the most in this training camp as compared to maybe a year ago? Um, mainly just their IQ, IQ for the game. You know. Um, the small things, you know, um, breaking to the man, not not uh, peeking at the quarterback, um, trying to work 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 hard on uh, playing the ball. You know, uh, we need some more turnovers. That 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 we need, um, especially from from my room. Uh, so we've been working hard hard on that, and uh, so hopefully it, it, it translates. Interceptions over PBUs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I take a PBU. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I mean, if we can get our hand on the ball. I, I'd rather I'd rather pick it off. There you go, Gennaro Guilford, BYU cornerbacks coach. And interesting to hear about the Maury Bama situation. And uh, many of you probably know this at this point. If you don't, though, uh, Tanner Jacobson, the former BYU safety, is actually the head coach at Tyler Junior College down there in Texas. And that's where Maury Bamba was playing. And I don't know this is exactly how it played out, but I totally envision this happening. Uh, Jacobson gets Tyler, Texas, uh, starts to really kind of get to know his guys, sees what Maury Bamba is all about. Six foot three, 190 pounds, can run. It, and he probably called up uh, Coach Tuiaki, as you heard Coach Gilford say, and said, uh, Coach E, I got this guy down here you may want to come check out. And I'm sure uh, Coach E was like, okay, well, what about him? Well, he's 6'3", he's 190 pounds, and he runs a 4-3-40. If you're Coach Tuiaki, hey, when's the next flight I can get to Texas? <coughs> Excuse me. And that's the thing about this is there the, the, the storyline for this has the – possibility of being one of those like just all timers if it works out that a guy like Maury Bamba can end up really accomplishing what BYU is betting on uh, in a BYU uniform with him and that's that, that's an awesome awesome thing and the good news was as uh, practice was wrapping up he and uh, Caleb Hayes actually stayed late after practice working on jam coverages uh, just staying with guys getting extra work in a guy like Maury Bamba at least he he's trying to get up to speed right away right now and he's working with a guy like Caleb Hayes and the Nice part is Caleb Hayes can really take him under his wing and said, hey, I transferred in last year, had to really kind of get up to speed on this, this, and this. He, he can kind of teach him the ropes, and that, that's a positive. Of course, uh, of course, Coach Guilford will have a big part in that, but the storyline for Maury Bamba, I, it's intriguing at minimum. Does he end up uh, being a guy who is a, a day one starter? Probably not. He probably takes some time to finally get himself into the rotation, it feels like, a BYU, just with him coming into training camp late. But if he can be a contributor at, at, at any level this season, I think that's a win for the BYU football program. And heck, if he ends up being what Caleb Hayes was a year ago, who a guy who started the season, we thought, okay, we'll, we'll see what he can do. Ends up being a starter and had double-digit pass breakups, that's exactly what you want. And I I also agree with Coach Guilford. More interceptions are great. He said, I'll always take a pass breakup. I'm all about PBUs. I'll take those. But I do want some more of those turnovers. And guys like Caleb Hayes, they want to get it. And they're going to do their best to do that. And hopefully 
that comes to fruition on the on the actual playing field because we can see that in practice all we want. You can uh, encourage it. You can uh, do drills to to that until they produce actually in game. That's the big question mark. Can you finally get them the chance to show it on the football field? And that may uh, take some time, but hopefully against USF, it would be great to have that cornerback or the safety group have one or two interceptions. That would be a big big uh, change from what BYU's history has been. They've always been pretty good in the last couple of years at getting past break. Cups. Securing the football? Mm, not so much. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll round out today's show with the other notes ahead on, on this uh, coming up this weekend. BYU women's volleyball is going to be in action. We'll get to that. Also, need to talk about a former BYU wide receiver who is in the coaching ranks. So continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. It is so much fun to talk with you guys. Uh, by the way, our entries, uh, if you want to win that Royal Blue Pullover, some of you may have not heard this at, at this point. If you haven't, uh, get in now. Email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com to get yourself entered to win. It's a Royal Blue Navy, uh, not, Royal Blue Navy, why am I keep saying that? It's a Royal Blue uh, Pullover. It's actually a kind of a full zip jacket in many, is actually what it is, but it's a really, really cool deal. You can wear it to be BYU games uh, this fall. Uh, you can support it with pride. If you want to have a chance to win it, all you got to do is just email us lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Say, hey, I'm interested in entering. I, I do need to give a shout out to one guy. I, I, I There's over 100 and I think we counted 120 entries or something like that uh, so far. But Scott Gambles has sent me a note. It says, Jake, please enter my name for the pullover drawing. By the way, I am from Soda Springs, Idaho. Do you have relatives in the Bancroft, Idaho area? Your podcast is excellent. Scott, give me a shout out because Bancroft, Idaho, Idaho is like the birthplace of where I'm from. My grandpa grew up in Bancroft. He's a dairy farmer up there. We grew up a dairy farmer. Uh, decided he wanted to uh, live a different life than his parents on the farm and went and became an optometrist. Came to Utah, Provo Orem area uh, to be exact. But I've been back to the Soda Springs, Bancroft, Lava Hot Springs uh, area many, many times. That is like the ancestral homeland for my portion of the hatch family. There's a lot of hatches out there. Let me be very clear. I have people all the time. You know this hatch, you know that hatch. Anybody from the Chesterfield slash Bancroft area in southeastern Idaho, those are my people. Those are my hatches. So Scott, thank you for reaching out and thank you for tuning into the show. That was really cool to see that and kind of not very many people know about Bancroft, Idaho, but I am proud to have family that's from there, still up there. And of course, to have my grandpa have uh, grown up there. It's, it's a really, really cool place. All right. Uh, before we go on today's show, want to give a shout out to former BYU wide receiver Micah Simon. He has joined the B, uh, Syracuse Orange coaching staff as an offensive analyst. He joins Robert Anai and Jason Beck, who are on the coaching staff for Syracuse. Of course, Coach Anai is the offensive coordinator. Coach Beck is the quarterback's coach. And then also, Coy Detmer Jr., yes, the former BYU quarterback, he is a graduate assistant with the Orange this season. So there are four former Cougars having connections, I guess, to BYU on the staff at Syracuse. As I said, Said, uh, Micah Simon is officially an offensive analyst, and I think that's a home run place for him to be. A guy who I thought would end up being a coach at some point. I'd love nothing more than to see him in a BYU uh, pullover slash uh, polo at some point, coaching for the Cougars if it comes to it at some point down the road. But yeah, now you have Micah Simon, Coy Detmer Jr., uh, Robert Anai, and Jason Beck. And I was trying to uh, figure out, okay, maybe did those guys ever cross paths? I got to give credit to the Deseret News. They pointed this out. Ryan McDonald, to his credit, uh, pointed this out. One season, all four of them crossed over in 2015 when uh, Coach Anai and Coach Beck were at BYU on the coaching staff and obviously guys like Coy Detmer and Micah Simon were playing for BYU at that point. So really cool 
cool thing. And congratulations to Micah Simon on that opportunity. And then one other thing this weekend, if you want to go out and support a BYU team in action, the blue and white uh, uh, scrimmage, I guess we'll call it, match uh, for the BYU women's volleyball program, ranked number 10 in the country. Uh, they begin their 2022 season with that blue versus white scrimmage. That'll be tomorrow at 1 o'clock Mountain Time in the Smith Fieldhouse. Uh, it's a free admission if you want to go uh, watch the women's volleyball team in action uh, play each other. They will be uh, starting the season officially next week with the first of two BYU Invitational tournaments next week hosting Ryder and Duke. That'll be next Friday uh, at both noon and 7 o'clock Mountain Time. But a big opportunity here for BYU. It's a non-ticketed open seating, no broadcast details. So if you want to see the women's volleyball program in action, you'll have to be there in person tomorrow to check that out. And it should be actually a really fun thing uh, if you're interested in going out there to support the women's volleyball program. It's a fun, fast-paced sport. I don't know how many of you out there have watched a women's volleyball or even men's volleyball. It, it, it goes fast. They, they play fast, and it's a lot of action. It's end-to-end action. It's nonstop. That's the fun part about volleyball. There's no lull, no drag in, in terms of, oh, uh, we got to wait for a pitch in baseball, that type of stuff. No, it's constant. They just keep going. So fun thing to do if you want to get out and support the Cougars uh, tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock, once again, over at the Smithfield House. All right, that is going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you for all of your support of the podcast. As always, thank you for making us your first listen today. want to encourage you guys now to make your second listen today, our friends over the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors does an incredible job making sure you are up to speed on everything with the Big 12 conference. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube, just like this show. Until Monday, have a great weekend, my friends, and we'll We'll talk to you guys again soon. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.